Kids are fine. Why are you always so anxious? Dad, you're always so tense. Are you mad at me? Honey, you can't keep losing sleep. It makes you so irritable. You worry constantly. Can't we have a relaxing dinner anymore? Chronic anxiety can affect your relationships, your work, your life. If you're one of the millions of people who live with uncontrollable worry, anxiety, and several of these symptoms for six months or more, you could be suffering from generalized anxiety disorder, and a chemical imbalance could be to blame. Paxil, the most prescribed medication of its kind for generalized anxiety, works to correct this imbalance. Prescription Paxil is not for everyone. Tell your doctor what medicines you're taking. People taking MAOIs or thyroidazine should not take Paxil. Side effects may include decreased appetite, dry mouth, sweating, nausea, constipation, sexual side effects, tremor, fatigue, or sleepiness. With the help of Paxil, you can see someone you haven't seen in a while. Yourself. Hey, I remember you. Well, obviously that uh, commercial is a little bit dated. And I was talking about maybe kind of an extreme situation. Um, But the reason I showed it to you before we began the message this weekend is because it kind of highlights some of the reality that many of us do face. Maybe not quite as extreme as that, but it kind of brings up the fact that many of us are very restless. We're very unsettled. We're very kind of tossed about or something seems to be missing or something at the least, something just seems to be off. And at the worst, some of us maybe could even describe our lives as turmoil or as falling apart. This weekend we are finishing our series called Strong Words. And we've been looking at some of the most important words in the Bible. In fact, I would say that you know if you think about the words that we've been studying... If you take those words and learn them and think about the message that God has for us through those words, you would have a pretty good understanding of much of what God wants to say through the rest of His Word. So far, we've talked about faith. We've talked about trusting God. We've talked about love. We've talked about grace. We've talked about truth. We've talked about hope. And today we're going to talk about one that might not initially seem as critical as the others. But I want to talk with you today about strong word number six, our last one. We want to talk about peace. Now, when we say the word peace, you might have some, uh, maybe kind of some strange, maybe even a little bit of some kind of lighthearted thoughts of peace, right? You think about a Volkswagen van, right? With hippies in it, hanging out of it, right? With flowers on the side of it. I mean, some of you guys were part of that flower power generation. I just missed it. All right. I know my kids think I was like, you know, way back before they had TV. The kids actually ask me that sometimes. Dad, did you did you have TV back then? Yes, we did. All right. So I didn't grow up during that. I was born during that time. Some of you guys remember that. When I think of peace, I think about, you know, hey, somebody holds up two hands and that's Brooke Shields, you know, being cool. Hey, just you're taking my picture. I think that's Brooke Shields. You're taking my picture. So just peace. You know, it's all cool. It's no big deal. We think about that sometimes. I think about an Indian peace pipe. I mean, I don't know why that comes to my mind, but I think about, you know, watching those old Western shows and John Wayne or somebody sitting down there with the Indian chief and they're having a peace pipe. Um, You might think of the Adirondacks. I'm going on a hike and we're going to look at this beautiful, I mean, look at that. Can't you just feel it today? Couldn't you feel it? Man, 60 what? 7, 69 degrees? We're cheating this year, Amen. It's coming. It just looks so peaceful, doesn't it? 
You can imagine taking your vacation time and sitting on that deck and just looking out across there. Moms, you might think of just going to the bathroom to get some peace, right? I mean, I've heard, I've heard moms, I, I've heard moms talk about that before. They go to the bathroom to close the door and stay out of here, people. Cause give me some what? Just give me a little bit of peace. But again, peace might not initially seem like something that we would think that we need most. It may not seem like one of the things that God might want to most speak to us about. But if you really think about the deepest needs of our lives, if you think about the restlessness that we have, the unsettledness that we experience so often in our lives, and then as we begin to look at God's Word, we find that peace is something that definitely God emphasizes to us is important for our lives that we greatly need. So that's what we're going to talk about together in God's Word together today. And each one of these messages, we sort of start out with this, okay? We're saying this is one of the most important words that God wants you to understand. So let's talk about that. Why are we saying that? What is the importance of peace to God and to our lives? Before we dig into that, I just want to share with you that a few years ago, if you had asked me personally, what are the most important things in the Bible? I'm pretty sure that I would not have come up with the word peace. But it's incredible. I hope as you come to church, you learn new things. Amen? You learn things. You're like, wow, I never noticed that before. And as I began to dig into God's Word a few years ago, I began to see that the idea of peace is not something I think about. To be honest with you, I think about the opposite more than the positive. Do you hear me? And I think that's actually a lesson that God wants us to learn. To the Jewish people, if you read the Old Testament, if you see the Jewish people, the word peace was very important to them and to God's work in their lives. Many of you have maybe heard the Hebrew word shalom. It's a word that many times Hebrew people or Jewish people will use in greeting one another. And apparently, um, the word, what it represents, is so important that every time they meet, they use it to say what they hope for that other person. That's a pretty strong word, amen? If every time I see you, I say the same thing, that must be pretty important. And that idea is emphasized all throughout the Old Testament in the Bible. In fact, I didn't realize it, but I just uh, kind of for, for fun, I just kind of, I was wondering as I was preparing for this message, I thought to myself, well, how many times does peace actually show up? And you know what I found? Now, I, I wasn't looking in the original language. I, was, I just kind of did a quick cursory study of an English translation. But in that English translation, the word peace shows up about 400 times in the Bible. And then I thought to myself, well, I wonder how that compares with these other strong words. And I looked, and those other strong words, faith and hope and love and grace, it's like I've shared with you over the last few weeks, it's almost like every week that's the most important word in the world. Amen? I mean, it just seems like you can make a case this word is absolutely something that God does not want us to miss. Faith, hope, love, grace, truth, all those things. But as you know, as I looked up those words, at least in that English translation, 
They were 300 times, 200 and something times, 150 or so times. The word peace, at least in that translation, showed up at least as much, if not clearly more, than any of the other important words that we've studied. That's one of those hmm things, isn't it? Hmm. That's interesting. Because I never would have thought about it that way, would you? And the word in Hebrew, as I said, is very important. The word, write this down. The definition of that word peace means wholeness. It means, I'm going to give you several pieces. It, It means completeness. It means fulfillment. The word peace to the Hebrew people in the Old Testament meant total well-being. It it meant a confidence. It meant a security. It means I'm at peace. We kind of use that term, don't we? I mean, we don't use it a lot, but to be at peace, it meant a security. It means I'm at a good place. That things are, this is actually a good way of thinking of it, that things are well with you, I hope. That's what they're saying, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, a a person from Israel, if they say shalom, they're really saying, if they know, if they're thinking about that word, they're saying, I hope that it's going well with you and with yours. Isn't that a great thing to say? It can mean safety. It can mean health. It can mean fulfillment. Things are right in my life. Things are the way they are supposed to be. That's what that word means. There's a lot of different nuances to that. But but you begin to get that idea? The word peace in the Bible means that things are the way God created them to be. Think about it that way. Aren't we always searching for that? Again, I don't use that term, right? I don't use that term peace a lot. That's why I'm I'm trying to give you that that idea of, of really what God is saying through that word. Because I don't say that I'm searching for peace. I'm looking for peace. But I can tell you I'm looking for fulfillment. Amen. I'm looking for completeness. I'm looking for, and I don't mean settledness. I don't think the the idea settledness means that we're stuck. That's not what it's talking about. Because God's always on the move. Amen. God's always growing things. He's always expanding things. But a settledness in terms of things are okay. Things are the way they're supposed to be. I'm secure where I'm at. Isn't that something we're dying for? Isn't that something that eludes us constantly in this world? And then we turn over to the New Testament, where the classical Greek definition was kind of the way we kind of think of peace. Peace means a lack of war, right? Peace means there's no conflict. And certainly that, that, there's that sense of, of the word, but the New Testament carries forward that Jewish idea that God was trying to say to us, it's the idea that everything is right, that, that I'm at a place of, of wellness in my life. And just to show you how important this concept is, the word peace is used at least one time in every book of the New Testament except the book of First John. And the best way I can really kind of maybe illustrate for you how important this word is is through the Apostle Paul. Just to give you an example of how important God wants us to catch this word. The Apostle Paul wrote 13 epistles. 
Now, epistles are not wives of the apostles, okay? Epistles, 13, epistles means 13 letters, all right? So the Apostle Paul was led by God to write 13 letters, and he uses some form of grace and peace in his greeting in every single one of his letters. So again, the Apostle Paul, he's starting conversations with churches and believers, and he's being used by God to teach them and teach us. And if you look, every single one of them, he uses the word peace. He says, it's me. I'm just paraphrasing. It's me, the Apostle Paul. I have some things I've been led by God to share with you. And by the way, before I do that, grace and peace to you. Isn't that great? He actually uses peace at the end of most of his letters. As best I can tell, eight out of those 13 letters, he wraps up the letter. So isn't that incredible? Isn't that kind of shocking? I mean, if you've never noticed that before, wow, he starts the letters and he ends most of his letters saying, this is something that God wants for you. And as a result of that, the word peace became part of the greeting in the early church when believers would meet one another. So what does that mean? It means that the idea of peace was so important that people in the Old Testament and then in the early church used that word to express their desire for each other every time they saw each other. Sounds pretty important, doesn't it? I hope you have grace. I hope you have the undeserved, amazing, over-the-top, amazing kindness, grace of God happening in your life. What a sweet thing to say, amen? What a, what a precious, what an endearing thing for a pastor to say, amen? Friends, church family, before I get started with anything, I'm hoping that you are experiencing the amazing favor of God. And I hope that it is incredibly well with your soul right now. Isn't that awesome? Sounds like it's a pretty strong word, doesn't it? Sounds like it's something that, again, I don't know if you're like me, but I think it's probably true. I wouldn't have shown up tonight saying, I think I need to hear about a dose of peace for my life. And so it's, it's instructive for me to find out that God says in His Word, whether that's intuitive for me or not, this is something He wants me to know and to understand and experience. And actually, the more you get to looking at it, the more you realize it is something I'm longing for. I just didn't know how to say that. Amen? And in fact, what I said, what I said earlier I think is true. I think what we say is not that I'm looking for peace, except for that mom running to the bathroom and you are looking for peace. Amen? I mean, that is the one place in life I can think of somebody that say, I just need some peace. Amen, moms? But for the most part, we probably express that in negative ways. I'm tired of the turmoil. Amen? Why does these problems keep coming? Why is all this unrest? Why all this difficulty? Why can't we just get to a spot? Amen? Why can't we just get to a spot? Why can't we get to a groove? Why can't we just kind of be in a good place for a while? You're looking for peace. Peace that comes only from God. And as we see... The biblical emphasis on that, I want to give you a couple of reasons why peace seems to be so important. Write these down. 
First of all, peace is close to the heart of our God. There are at least seven verses in the Bible, and I'll just give you one on the screen, Romans 15, verse 33, that calls our God a God of peace. Isn't that awesome? Our God is a God of peace. Two other verses call Him the Prince of Peace, right? Many of us think about that terminology. But have you ever thought about it? We just use that as a title for who? For Jesus, right? He's the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the Prince of Peace. But have you ever thought about what that means? He is the Prince of Rightness. He is the Prince of things being well with us in our soul. Another verse calls Him the Lord of Peace. Now, Many times God is portrayed to us, we have an image of Him as hostile, don't we? We have an image of Him as angry. We have an image of Him as out to get us. We are scared of God. Many of you grew up in church backgrounds where you were taught to be scared of God, right? Now there is a biblical holy fear of God that is correct in the sense of a maybe a maybe the way to put it where you can understand is a very, very strong respect. Okay? But it's not fear in the sense... The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. It's not fear in the sense that that we're afraid of Him, that He's going to crush us. That's not what God's trying to do. God is not hostile. Our sin is serious, and He is going to judge our sin, but He doesn't want to judge us. In fact, He has such a heart for peace, He wants to... Make peace with us, even though we are hostile in our relationship towards Him. Peace is close to the heart of God. Peace is what we and all of creation is longing for. Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. Those verses tell us that the creation, we and all of creation is longing for one day this mess to be over with. Amen? This turmoil. I was thinking about it before the service started. I mean, there's this threat of, you know, and you know, they're always I don't even pay attention to the weather, to be honest with you. I don't pay attention to the weather. But I mean, the, the wind was blowing, I know it was raining, some of you, your hands were wet when you came in, we we're shaking hands, and I mean, it, you know, I know we're building a boat and all that kind of stuff. It's all right. We're safe, amen. But I was just thinking about that. I mean, it wasn't isn't that instructive? This weekend we're having this supposedly major storm. Isn't that a great picture of the unrest that's in our lives? We're running around and it's lightning and the wind's blowing. There's just this turmoil and I can't have peace. But isn't that what we're longing for? Aren't we always striving to get to that settledness, to that right point? Did you know that peace is one of the primary blessings God intended to bring to our lives? You know, as you go back and you read Luke, the book of Luke, as Zechariah was introducing Christ and what he was going to do, Luke 1, verse 79, Zechariah said, Jesus came to guide our feet into the way of, guess what? Peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, the angels announced the birth of one who would bring, what? Peace. Don't we talk about that at Christmas? Peace on earth. Isn't that what we talk about? That God... Wanted to bring to us Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, calls the message that God has given to us. Christ came into this world. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. He offers for us to be reconciled with God. 
He wants us to have peace with God. It is called the gospel or the good news of peace. Romans 14, verse 17. says, you know what the kingdom of God is all about? It's all about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great statement? Man, it sounds like peace is something God really... This is one of the main things He's saying He was bringing to us. If you're trying to understand what is God all about, what is His, what, what is His message, what is He trying to say to me? Friend, He is saying to you, I want you to be right. I want you to be well. I want you to be complete. However you want to put that. God came to bring that to us. It's one of the main things. He came. And by the way, your soul should say, thank you, God. I've never been able to find peace in anyone or anything else. Amen? Nothing else can give me that rest for my soul. Peace is something He wants us to be known for. We're going to talk about that more in just a moment, so I'll save that. But I hope that all this just tells you that peace seems to be something very important that God wants us to understand and He wants us to have. He wants us to experience. And there's really two main places where God wants us to experience peace in our lives. Let me talk about the next one. The first one is this. We need peace in our relationship with Him. If peace means that things are right, that things are the way they're supposed to be, Are there ever times when things are not right between you and God? Are there ever times when you are not settled? You don't feel secure. You don't feel right. Things are not the way they're supposed to be. I don't have peace in my heart about my relationship with God and where I stand with Him. So let's talk about some of the ways that God has said we can have peace with God. There ought to be somebody here right now saying, Thank God, because I've been longing to find this. And every church I've ever been to has just told me sorry for you. Sorry. You can never find that ultimately anywhere, even with God. You know what? That is not true. The Bible says we can have peace through being saved. We can have, let's put it this way, eternal peace. We can have eternal rightness with God. Some of us know that we need peace with God and you've got an unsettledness in your soul. You know that you are not right with God. You know that you are not ready to meet Him tonight. You know that if He came back or if you passed away, God forbid, if you know if something tragic happened, you know that things are not right between you and God. And that is why you're here. And God bless you. Amen, church family? God bless you for coming. And I pray that you're going to find the peace that you're looking for in your heart. Others of us maybe haven't identified that. There's a restlessness in our heart. There's an unsettledness. Something's not right. I can't find it. I don't feel secure. I feel uneasy. Maybe you haven't identified what that is yet. But God wants to give you that right now. When Pastor Matt last week, what a great message, amen. When Pastor Matt shared last week that message... He was talking about the ocean. He was talking about the vastness of the ocean. He was talking about as a, as a young man growing up in Florida, how he'd stand at the ocean. And it is incredible, isn't it? But what I thought of when he was explaining that is, I've been out on the ocean a few times. 
I've been out in a boat on the ocean. Have you ever been out in a boat on the ocean so far that you couldn't see anything but water? Have you ever been out on a boat in the ocean so far that you couldn't see anything but water and there was a big storm rolling in? I was out deep sea fishing one time right before a hurricane came. Okay? Our family just happened to be down during that time. Hurricanes started rolling in, but my dad and I were determined we're going deep sea fishing before we get back in this car and go back to Georgia, all right? And we just, I mean, we're just coming back in while all this stuff, and I'm not going to tell you what happened, all right? There was a lot of people that weren't really at peace. Let's put it that way, all right? (laughs) Thankfully, my dad and I were not affected, but I can't speak for all members of my family. But I can tell you, that is, to me, to me, being on the ocean in that situation is one of the most unsettling things I could think of. I mean, have you studied the ocean? It's pretty deep in parts, amen? It's so deep you can never find me down there. You can't even get to me if I sunk down there, right? There are bad things down there that I don't need to get in the water. And I'm so far away that what if we run out of gas? What if we flip over? Now you're like, Pastor, I'll be like a nutcase. No, I'm all right. I was okay. I was only like nine or ten years old. But, 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 but being out on the water, being away from safety is one, to me, of the most unsettling things I could possibly think of. Another example I could think of is being lost. You ever been lost before? A couple of times in my life I've been lost in the woods. Okay, really, really one that I was really, truly lost. And thank the Lord, I figured out, as they say many times, I was walking in circles. I walked by the same tree and I figured out where I was. But that feeling for a moment of, what? Oh my goodness, I don't know where I'm at. Isn't that unsettling? Isn't that very fearful? Isn't that a, just a, a, a very frantic feeling? Many of us have that feeling. We're sitting still in a chair right now. But in your heart, there is all kinds of turmoil. Because you don't know that you have peace with God. And that is a bad... Friends, that's how I came to Christ. As almost a 13-year-old boy, I knew that I did not have peace with God. I knew that if I stood before God that day, that I was a sinner, that my sin was going to be judged, and I was going to be separated. That's a very unsettling feeling. And I can remember going to bed at night for many weeks... Afraid to go to sleep because I did not have what? Peace with God. If you're not sure where you're going for eternity, that is a very unsettling thing. And if that's you, can I share some good news with you? You can have peace with God. Are you serious? Are you serious? It is incredible, isn't it? Isn't it? For some of you that have it, Boy, just think back. There was a time in my life that I did not know if I died, if I was going to heaven. But now I know. I may have blown it big time today, but I'm going to heaven. I may blow it for the rest of my life, but I'm going to heaven. I'm not talking about, I don't care how I live. You know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, if I never get it right, try as hard as I may. If I never get it right, I know I'm a child of God. He lives in my heart. I've been forgiven. I'm going to stand before him one day. And he's going to see, God the Father is going to see his son when he sees me. And his son is holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. What freedom. I've got peace. Amen. 
Praise God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. By the way, if you want to study peace, you need to study Romans because you're going to hear me quote Romans a lot. I was surprised as I was looking up some of these verses on peace. Many of these verses. There must be something about peace to the book of Romans. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Listen, that means you received Christ and His gift of salvation. He died on that cross for you. He was buried. He rose again. That's what justified means. I received His wonderful offer, and now I've been proclaimed right with God. Having been justified by faith, by trusting in Him, we have what? You say it. Peace. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what's strange? As wonderful as that is, you would think that once we experience that, nothing could ever throw us off again. Amen? I mean, once you have your eternity secured, once you know things are okay between me and God, I've got a relationship with Him, He accepts me, He loves me, He's in my heart, He's never going to leave me, you would think we would never lack what? Peace again. How could we ever be knocked off? How could we ever be unsettled and restless? But the reality is we are, aren't we? Many of us right here have eternal peace, and we know it. We know, it. We, we know we're secure in Christ. But still there's a measure, maybe even a great deal of measure, of restlessness in your heart. Why is that? Let's look at some of the reasons. Peace comes through being saved, but peace comes through living God's way. Psalm 85 verse 10 says this. This is an awesome verse. I honestly have never noticed this. It says, loving kindness and truth have met together. By the way, didn't I tell you that a few weeks ago? Didn't I tell you that over and over in the Bible? Love and truth, right? Kindness and truth, mercy and truth. Found another one, told you, found another one. Psalm 85 verse 10. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Listen, I've never noticed this one. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Ooh. That means they're pretty close, amen? Righteousness and peace are so close that they've kissed each other. What a creative way for God to express that. That verse is telling us something that shows up in other parts of God's Word too. Listen, friend. This might be a secret for somebody here. Righteousness and peace are closely linked together. Much like we said love and truth are, and by the way, they're bigger. They're, they're, they've, got a, they've, got a, they've got a ministry. They've got a message that really you find over and over in God's Word. It's kind of a twofold emphasis. But in a similar way, the Bible's saying that God is telling us that we might have more peace in our daily life as His child if we were living more in line with the way that He's called us to live. And conversely, when we're not living the way God called us to live, many times we don't have peace in our heart. Isn't that true? I want to be very specific. Some of us right now are born again, children of the King, you're going to heaven, you have eternal peace with God. You know that without a doubt. But you know in your heart that you are not living for God. You know that you're not following His ways. And what is that going to bring? 
that is going to bring a restlessness. Amen. That is going to bring a struggle. That is going to bring like you're out on the ocean before the hurricane comes in, trying to fish, can't find the shore. The waves are five feet tall. That is what's going on in your heart because you're not living God's ways. And some of us just keep bumping that wall and trying to make it happen. Surely I can live my way and still experience that peace. How's that working? Not very good, amen? Closely tied with that, peace comes through trusting God more. Many of us would say, oh, I trust God. Many of us, listen, friends, these are, these are all ploys of the enemy. Do you realize that? The enemy, he knows he's lost the war. So he's going to do his best to make it miserable for you from now on. If he can twist it, kind of, and we don't even realize it sometimes. We think we're trusting God. We say we're trusting God. Theoretically, maybe even in a sense, eternally we've trusted God. Maybe we know theoretically we can depend on Him. But if I were to ask you about specific areas of difficulty in your life right now, would you say, yes, I have specifically talked to God about that and I have turned it over to Him? Isn't that different? Say, listen. Oh, yeah, I've given my life to... Have you, are you trusting in Christ? Oh, yeah, I've given my life to the Lord. Beautiful. Wonderful. Praise God, your eternity is secure. What I'm saying is, that thing you're struggling with, have you talked to Him about it? And have you given it to Him? Because even though you're eternally secure in Him, you can experience a measure of unrest, lack of peace, if you're not actively turning over those challenges to God. Let me read some scripture to you. Isaiah 26, verse 3, the New King James Version, says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you because he trusts in you. If you want to have peace, are you bringing those things to God? And are you trusting God to come through? If you're not, you're not going to have peace. And the best way to trust God more is to read and believe His Word. Peace comes through the Word of God. Friends, listen. I say this because I I continue to say this. I will continue to say it because we as Christians creatively find ways to walk with God, but not really. In our head, we're theoretically walking with God, but when we really think about it, are you actively spending time in the Word of God Not just reading your Bible. I didn't say that because some of you interpret that. The point is not, did you read your Bible today? The point is, did you seek God in His Word today? Did you read the Bible expecting God to speak to you today? Because if you do not spend time in the Word of God often, you will not have peace. Without the confidence of the promises of the Word of God, even if you say, what did we just talk about? Trusting in the Lord, right? Even if you say, I'm trusting in the Lord, you don't know what you're trusting Him for if you haven't read His Word. Amen? Do you hear me? But when I read His Word, I know what He said. And I'm just going to believe Him. Amen? That is what God says. Everything in me says, be worried, be afraid, have a fit. Amen? I know you all think I'm a little bit unstable because the way I talk about things. And I am. I'm just being honest with you. At least I'm being honest. 
I am always that far from being in the ditch. That's why I need the Lord. I need him. And, I, and I'm, I'm growing too. I'm not saying I'm doing this perfectly. I'm, I'm just speaking. I'm going to watch this message later myself too, okay? <laughs> Listen to what the Bible says. John 16, verse 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you so that... What's that? A purpose statement. One of the reasons that God gave you his word is that so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. And we say, Amen to that, Lord. Amen to that. We like to camp out on that one. Amen. That's the truth. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. It is hard. And we are going to get a little bit beat up. But don't be distraught. Don't be in despair. You can have peace because he has overcome the world. The only reason I know that, listen, how do I know that? Listen, don't just go to a seminar and hear a good speaker. I need the word of God. If somebody stood up here and said, don't worry, it's going to be all right. They don't know. They do not know. It may feel good. It may make you feel wonderful and warm and fuzzy. But unless it's the word of God, I can't make you that promise. But I can stand before you saying, this is the word of God. Jesus Christ himself said these words. You can take them more than to the bank. Amen? Okay, listen. Okay, listen. All kinds of noise is going on outside around us, maybe. I don't have to be flying around. Amen? Because I know what my Lord has told me. And I'm just going to trust his word. Peace comes through prayer. Did you know there's something even just in the act of praying that brings peace? God promised that. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious, be overly concerned. There's the negative, right? There's the lack of peace. Be overly concerned for nothing. Really, God's going again. None of us are hitting this perfect. But God wants you to know it is possible as we continue to walk with Him to more and more not be so thrown around. I like more of that, amen? Don't be overly concerned about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and what will happen? And the what? Peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And some of you have experienced that, haven't you? Okay, I trust in the Lord. I read John 16, 33. He made me some promises. And now I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to say, God, your word says this. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in what your word says. And God, I'm turning this over to you. And I'm asking you to work in this situation. And many of you have experienced that after that you say, I should be worried. People even sometimes come up to me and say, aren't you worried? And I say, well, maybe should I be? You know, but... I'm not many times because I've given it to the Lord. It's not my problem, it's His, right? Peace comes through prayer. Friend, if if you don't feel right in your life right now, maybe you need eternal peace with God. Maybe it's because you have that, but you're not walking like you have that. Maybe it's because you're, you're not trusting God. You're not literally, you say you trust God, but you're not literally giving Him things in your life. Maybe it's because you're not reading His Word. 
or you're not spending time in prayer. These are not theoretical concepts. These are the activity of a Christian who's experiencing peace in their life. But it's not just peace with God. God wants us to have peace with one another. We said earlier that peace is one of the things that God wants us to be known for. And really, that pertains mostly to our relationships with other people, right? Let me read you some scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 13. It says, the second part of that verse, it says, live in peace with one another. The Bible says God wants us to live not in what? Let's think of the negative. Not in turmoil. Not in unrest. Not in bouncing all around. Which so many of our lives look like. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Wow. That goes back to, wow, that's what God's really known for. Because if you are a peacemaker, you're starting to look a lot like your heavenly Father. So my question for you is, are you a peacemaker or a peacetaker? Some of us need to deal with that. Some of us are, honestly, if we were just really honest, contrary. Or some of us kind of enjoy a little conflict. Some of us sort of look for that kind of thing. I'm not going to analyze it. I'm just saying some of us, I don't know why. That may be how we're inclined. But the Bible says we should be peacemakers, not peacetakers. Do you find, honestly, do you find that when you enter situations, they get better, more resolved, or they get more complicated and more problems? And then Romans chapter 14, verse 19. The Bible says this, So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. We're not trying to stir up things. We're trying to make things right. It's a theme that runs throughout the New Testament. God's people are people who live in peace with one another. But unfortunately, we're not known that way, are we? That's not the norm. Christians, by other Christians and by the world, are kind of known as hard to get along with. Now, I understand that we have a message that clashes with this world and that we can't control that. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? If we're being faithful and the world's not responding, that's one thing. But many times we are copping out thinking that's what it is when really we're just being hard to get along with. Either amongst ourselves. Isn't it common for churches to argue? Isn't that terrible? Politics and garbage and upheaval or against the people that we're called to reach? Let me ask you a question. Is there anyone whose name I could mention right now and you would get all kinds of twisted inside? Let's put it another way. Is there anyone, if you saw them at Walmart, you'd sneak down another aisle? Is there anybody that you would say, things are not right between so-and-so and me? 
Is there anyone you right now are not right with? That's the question. Now, let me back up for just a moment. Just because you are not right with someone does not mean you're doing wrong. Okay? Do you hear me? Let's break this down a little bit. Just because you are not right with someone does not mean you're doing wrong. Sometimes you can do everything you can do, but another person will not receive it. Will not respond, at least for right now. Okay, fair enough. But we like to give ourselves that exception. We need to really kind of push, push the button of, but am I doing everything that I need to be doing, right? Because the Bible tells us again in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if possible, I like that because the Lord realizes some people just will not get along with me, no matter what I do for them. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So the question is this. Is there anything I need to do? What can I do to make things right with another person? You know, at the end of the day, if as best you can tell, you've done everything you can do, honestly, that's the hardest place for me in life to be. Because I want to be right with everybody. Amen? I want to honor God. I don't want there to be anybody that I'm not right with. The hardest place to be is wanting to make things right, but someone refuses that. But sometimes the godly thing to do is just let them go. Pray for them. Keep your heart open to what God might want to continue to show you that you need to do. And then let God work, right? That's the hardest thing in life to me. Because there may be somebody for the rest of your life that won't understand you, that won't like you, that won't talk to you. And you want to make that right, but they won't. But we just need to make sure that it's not happening because I'm blocking it. Amen? So if there is something you can do, and say, God, what's the right way for me to approach this? What's the right time for me to deal with it? Who's the people I need to talk to about it? So you pray through, God, what is best for everyone here involved? And help me to do whatever I need to do. But honestly, if you're not right with somebody else, you should always be a little bit bothered about that. If there's someone that will not reconcile with you, I'm always asking myself, God, is there anything else I can do? Is there anything else I can do? Not to a point of guilt or condemnation or shame, but just checking my heart. Amen? So we should always stay open to that. But sometimes it's not possible unless a miracle happens. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says this. Peter said, grace and peace... By the way, it wasn't just Paul that uses this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You know what that says to me? That sounds like we need peace. And we need a lot of it. And we're going to continue to need it. So we're going to have to look to God to bring this in our lives. Would you be willing to turn to the Lord right now and say, God, there is an unsettledness in my heart that I can't fix, but I'm giving it to you. Let's bow for prayer together.
I think for probably everybody in this room, there's a measure of restlessness. And whatever that is in your life, would you be willing to say to the Lord, God, would you show me what's going on there? Would you show me why I'm so spastic or in turmoil or in knots or afraid or insecure or troubled? God, I don't want to live like that. And you've promised to give me your peace. God, would you show me what needs to happen in my life? Maybe as many followers of the Lord are talking with him about that. Maybe you're here, that person like me, when I was 12, almost 13 years old. I was afraid to go to sleep because I did not have peace with God. Friend, can I tell you, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I have never been afraid in that way again. I am not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to stand before God in a sense because I know that I'm saved. I have peace with God. And there won't be any question about where I'm going for all of eternity because of what Jesus did for me. Do you want that? Do you have that? If you don't, you could just call out to Him right now. Just in your own heart, just say, God, I need you. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And I'm sorry for what I've done, God. And I ask you to come into my life and forgive me and be my personal Savior. God, we thank you that you came to make peace. I pray that we'd be willing to receive it. Lord, not only to receive it, but to offer it. Help us as believers, Lord. Help us to be different. Help people to see that we serve a God of peace and we are people of peace. Things are better when we get involved, not worse. People become more calm, not more stirred up. Situations get resolved more quickly when your people get involved because you get involved. God, help us, please, God, so that the world may know that there is a God and that He wants to work in their lives too. We love you, Lord. Thank you for giving us your amazing well-being, resolution of soul, can have peace from God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.